How you guys doing? Hi. You're Nicole? Yes. Okay. What's going on? So, my friend, um, we were out of town for a business trip this weekend. Right. And I dropped her off at 2 o'clock this morning. She's 15 weeks pregnant. She wasn't feeling well. And she had a doctor's appointment this morning at 9. And I told her to let me know if she needed me to take her. She's got two little girls. And her husband and her supposedly are separating. But she didn't know this. She thought they were just having issues. He disclosed that to me today. Because okay. I called him and I was like, have you talked or heard from Shanann since you left for work this morning? Because I can't get a hold of her. I've called, I've texted, her car's in the garage, her shoes she wears every single day right in front door. <laughs> All that bullshit didn't even say hi. No. Welcome to episode five. Episode five, bitch. We're moving right along here, James. Yeah, this is a good one, too. The Family Annihilator. Yeah, that's way too cool of a name, though, for him. So I'm going to call him the uh, uh, the shit-ass ugly face killer. There you go. That fits nicely. The rest of the episode. You can refer to him as the Family Annihilator, but... Well, I'm just going to use Chris for him. For reference and time purposes, I'm just going to go with Chris. All right. I'm going to go ahead and write this down. Shit ass. Ugly face? Ugly face. Face killer. Because that's the moniker he earned when he killed his entire family. Annihilated. Annihilated. Uh, walk us through the family real quick. Okay, so we have the shit ass ugly face. We have Shanann Watts, 34. She's a little bit older. I think uh, she was two years older than Chris. Uh-huh. We have Bella, who was four. Celeste, who was three. And Shanann, at the time of her untimely death, was uh, pregnant with what would have been Nico, a baby boy, 15 weeks old. So we, we started off with Nicole kind of setting the scene here. She, did she drop off Shanann last <clears throat> night? Yeah, they actually just released uh, ring doorbell footage from the night Shanann was dropped off. It was actually early morning, hmm. August 13th. She's coming up to the front door as Nicole is pulling it away in a white car, and Nicole actually waits until Shanann is completely inside the house until she drives away, and that's the last you see of either of them until Nicole the next morning. Okay. Yeah, so she was really worried uh, for her friend. And starting with that ring footage, rings like a, this, if you didn't know, it's like this, I actually just kind of found out about it semi-recently, uh, but it's it's a doorbell that has a camera installed and uh, yeah, I guess it has some Yeah, you can pretty much other... access it at any time, at any point from your phone. Yeah, and so it has some other security features too. That kind of sets it up. This entire thing from start to finish, you can follow along online. Yeah, you could follow our timeline right along with any kind of footage that you could think of on YouTube because this whole thing was captured on body cam, multiple body cams by officers at the Watts home. We have the nine hours of interrogation footage and confession footage that's completely available. Yeah. And of course, we also have the subsequent sentencing and trial period. Not really any trial. He confessed. Yeah, no, it was no. the whole thing was real quick it was start a, to finish. Yeah, they and caught on tape. Let it out, and uh, yeah. But we're going to take you through the timeline. Yeah, what's next? 
her friend, uh, yeah, do we, the, the cop arrived on the scene because she's really worried about Shanann. Yeah, well, the whole thing went like this. Shanann and Nicole were on a business trip, the company that they work for called Thrive. They're both direct salespeople. They work from home. It's like a multi-level... Entrepreneurs. Marketing thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's a nicer name for... A pyramid scheme. It, it's basically a nicer <laughs> name for a pyramid scheme. A Facebook sales scheme, yeah. really. It's, yeah, oh boy. Hey, if you make money, I'm not knocking it. No, entrepreneurs. That's Go the out there and one. get it. <laughs> Essential oils. Oh. So they were returning from a business trip in Phoenix, I believe. Yeah. yeah. And Shanann wasn't feeling well on that trip to the point where she ended up making a doctor's appointment for that day. Okay. So Nicole couldn't get in touch with Shanann and uh, actually went to the doctor's where she was supposed to go and found she never showed for her appointment. Oh, wow. Which prompted her to call the police. Okay, so all that was before the cop even showed up. Oh, yeah. So now Yeah, she did a bit of her own investigating herself with her son, Nicholas, who was with her as well. Uh, So what does the officer do when when he's at the premises? Uh, Initially, he shows up and he pretty much, like we hear from that small clip, gets the background story from Nicole. And then he pretty much goes around the outside of the house. He notices that the keypad on the garage door is not working. Mm -hmm. And the front door is unlocked, but it's got a chain link. Yeah. So it only opens a couple inches. He manages to shout Shanann's name into the house, doesn't get a response. And he moves around the outside of the perimeter, banging on windows and um, trying to just make his presence known to anyone that may be inside. Maybe he's thinking they're incapacitated. He can't go inside, though. Legally, he can't go inside. He needs permission or uh, probable cause. Yep, I've got to have more unless I get consent from him to go in. Because it could be grandparents came and picked him up. You know, it could be a lot of things. It's different rules, but they're all about the same. Yeah, you've got your fourth minute rights to the house. Um, I can't violate that. That's why. No, not, I mean, if I saw her laying on the ground, something like that. I got nothing right now, though. So the officer. Uh, so at that needs point, to get in still. Yeah, the officer is asking Nicole, "Can you get in touch with Chris so I can have permission?" And uh, I don't know what goes about, but the officer ends up calling Chris himself. That's a fun call. Yeah, let's... Good. Hey, Chris. Officer Coonrod for the police department. Pretty good. So, do you have any idea where your wife is? Okay. Right. What my concern is her car is here. They're saying she is diabetic. I don't want her... If she's upstairs and can't respond. Okay. About how far out are you? Okay. All right. Thanks. So that, he just leads right into it. You have any idea where your wife is? No beating around the bush. Nah. But well, he, the, he shouldn't. I mean, no. It's a it's a flat question. We should mention that Shanann has some medical issues. She was diagnosed with lupus some time ago. Oh shit. So. Oh man, that while pregnant. And I believe she may be diabetic. On top of being pregnant. Exactly. Yeah, so... So, everyone was concerned for for her safety, obviously. Mm -hmm. Chris says, you know, he's on his way. And he eventually shows up. 
and just a few minutes later too he doesn't on his well he i think he's already en route because he did speak with nicole oh right okay and i'm sure at by this point they spoke with the mother they spoke with other friends people that knew the family yeah so i'm sure somebody got in touch with chris yeah before you know the officer did Yeah, again, Nicole's still on the phone with someone. We believe it's his, it's Chris's mom. I think so. Yeah, she's telling Chris's mom that Chris is inside the house. He lets people in, but the but he's still the cop still kind of hangs it back a little bit. Everybody barges in, and as as he opens the front door, uh, Chris's mom is is is, uh, shouting. That, you know, you, you don't need permission. You have my permission. She's but, worried for her yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and but, he still, but he still doesn't go in. He calls and he's like, Chris, can I come in? He's like, yeah. yeah. The, the cop. The mean. cop, yeah. He, we should probably, that's Officer um, Scott Coonrod. We keep calling him the cop. Thank like you for your some, service. <laughs> so, yeah, that's his name. Um, yeah, then they just kind of look around the house for a while. It's a long, long uh Think that yeah, they like look a, around with uh, with Chris, with Nicole, with Nicole's son, and um, they're looking around the house for anything unusual. Nicole n- notices uh, Shanann's flip-flops, her suitcase. We see on the ring door cam footage that Shanann just had a very small suitcase mm-hmm. from her trip, and that was still by the stairs unpacked from the trip. Every, yeah, everything she still had from the night when she came in the night before. So they move about the house and end up finding um, Shanann's phone upstairs in what appears to be like a loft bedroom area. Uh, it's a beautiful house, by oh, the way. Oh, right. Okay, so that's that's around, yeah, when they find the phone. Oh. No, yeah, when they find the phone. The, this whole time, Nicole is freaking out. Mm. And she's so, so worried for her friend. You can see she's right in the face. She's she's frantically moving about the house. Yeah, she's just she she's anxious. She she just knows she needs to do something, but she doesn't. She know. doesn't know she what to do. Helpless. She feels totally yeah. helpless. And Chris is just he's, just he's weird. Mo- he's it's just just calm. He's yeah, just calm. He, he's just like this is weird. Like and he's just like yeah, Chris. Uh, that this is weird. Yeah, you're not getting much of what you're saying is there's not much of a ra- reaction coming. No, from. not much. And like it's not just us either. The neighbor thinks so too. Like they, uh, he 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 brings them in too because he has like a like a, a camera in his in his the next driveway. door neighbor. Yeah, the next door neighbor. Yeah. Uh, real quick, they do find um, in the preliminary search they do find Shanann's phone. They find her wallet with ID, money, a second cell phone, and they also find her wedding ring on a nightstand. Yeah, wow. Everything. Everything. And keep in mind her shoes and yeah, everything from the night before are too. still there. So at this point, the red flags are popping up upstairs, downstairs, and yeah, it's, it's, as we're about to see in the driveway early morning on August 13th, um, there's a next-door neighbor named Nate. I 
his last name escapes me. Nate had footage of his driveway as well as a sliver of Chris's driveway, enough to where he could see Chris backing up his truck and loading up his equipment for the day. This is a nice freaking neighborhood. It's a gorgeous Holy hell, man. This, these houses are huge. There's, everyone has surveillance footage of everything. You can clearly see in Chris's face a, a, an emotional response to what they're about to watch. As Nate is queuing up his video, you can, you can see Chris's eyes are kind of leering at, the, at Officer Coonrod. Yeah, he has no idea. To look for a response in his face. What this tape is going to show. Uh, the, well, he knows what the tape is going to show. Well, like, but how clear is it going to be? That's his question. And, and that's what I mean. Like, So they're looking around for his wife and his kids. And only now is he really shown a response. Any kind of a, yeah. he an emotional his, response. He throws his hands on his head, starts sweating even more. He's rocking back and forth. He's biting his lips. Mm-hmm. He's, he, if he had been that way from the moment he got out of his truck. Or if it were, like, starting to build as they were searching or something. Yeah. like. But no, he beelined it through the house and made an effort to search like he was. Yeah. And he just kept saying things like, that's weird, or... Vague commentary. Yeah. And and, uh, and as this video is being queued up, you can finally start to see his uh, oh shit face. Yeah. Nate thought it was weird too. Nate thought it was very strange to the point where, uh, well, let's let Nate tell you what he thought. It just seems kind of odd to me. Why would he pull the hands up and pull the garage? Right. Yeah, I've never seen him pull back. I've never seen him. If he loads his stuff, he normally just walks back and forth because I get him on camera. What, what does he usually load up? All he usually has is a lunchbox, book bag, looks like a computer, and usually a water jug. That's it. But the fact that he was in here and explaining to it over and over and over, well, he doesn't look worried. He looks like he's trying to cover his tracks. You know what I'm right. There wasn't much to do that day because well, there's nothing else to go on other than the family's gone and no one, but nobody knows what happened. Well, what they do is um, they come back from uh, from Nate's after uh, Nate puts his little two cents in, yeah, and um, which was spot on, by the way. But now detectives are starting to arrive and other officers are starting to arrive to perform a more thorough search they get chris to start or sign a, a uh, consent to search waiver uh, yeah okay that's right that's when they actually had to get consent and do the forms and yeah the paperwork. written form so this is a consent to search form this is the date and t- time and your location which is your address this is my name i request this, uh, permission to search this house in its entirety for missing persons okay, okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and sign this, and then I need you to read the right. So they have to look at the house a little a little closer. It's the only thing they can do. And their conversations are a little bit more detailed. They they start asking him about the 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 actual ring system. Okay, is that a ring out there? Oh, that was no the doorbell. Is that a ring? Yeah, like, it, like when it when you got a visitor, it does. And but I don't think the speaker is on to where you hear it. Like by okay, my question. 
I guess my question for you is, would it show her leaving with the kids? Did you have yeah, any if alerts? Came out, if she came out here, yes. Like, yeah, the second he even asked him, he's like, so you have like a ring, and, it, and Chris yeah, immediately starts over listening to that. It's like yeah. he just wants to tread over the officer's question yeah, before like, it's even out of his he's mouth. He's just like over-explaining. Like, oh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. No, Chris, what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But nothing between the time when she got here this No, morning. she got here at 2. The only thing this that morning? Was, yeah, two, 2 2 o'clock this morning. Okay. Like 148 on here. And the only thing that was weird was that the garage door said it was left open after I left. And it might have been the sensor, but, like, my phone doesn't show when it when For it your shuts. alarm? Yeah, it doesn't show if it shuts. And who's so your alarm through? Vivid. Okay. But the Nikki, her friend that was that came here about 1210, she said the garage door shut when she got here. Okay. So that was the only thing that was weird. All right. Were you going to hang out out oh, there, yeah. or you want to come in here? I'll throw it here? Okay. So they go through the bedrooms, and in the master bedroom, the bed is totally stripped down to the mattress. Uh-huh. The fitted sheet is gone. The top sheet is gone, and the comforter's missing. It's it, the only thing that looks like seemingly out of place. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Okay. But Chris gives, I mean, but still not. Chris tells the officers that Shanann would have been cleaning that day. When I looked at the sheets and the comforters, I don't see anything. It's kind of odd. Nothing's on the bed, though. Oh, that wasn't on there? No, no this was on here. It was like, we found it like this. I looked at these, there's no... He said when he left, she was in bed sleeping. They wanted to probably, like, raise their eyebrows to each other real quick. Yeah, but they they obviously can't inject any of their no. own opinion no, while they're, they're just performing a search. Just looking. Car seats are in the car. Keys are in the ignition, on the center council of the car. Her cash, all her... ID, everything's still here. Phone's here. So she's got no keys, no wallet, no money, no ID, no shoes. But she's missing. Yeah, they pretty much summarize it with uh, what they can do from this point. Yeah, if he can think, if she turns up, if he thinks of anything, anybody that may want to do any harm they pretty much give them contact information who to call and how to follow up the following day yeah they set up an interview time and the next day august 14th chris comes in for a more formal questioning session that's right with someone from the fbi i did not get that gentleman's name poo poo on me that's okay um initially they sit down <clears throat> they sit down the interrogator and um Chris they sit down and Chris is on the the left side of the table facing the door or facing the wall and the the cop is sitting uh in the corner yeah and this cop does a little uh sleight of hand if you will mm-hmm. and makes Chris switch seats he justifies that somehow he, he he puts Chris uh, basically with his back up against the wall yeah. in the corner of the room. He somehow just moves him into the corner, gets him in position. Yeah. And, and then the probing begins. And they start to go over his timeline and his Chris's account of uh, of what went down that day. Yeah. And 
yeah, just poke little holes in in I, in his story. Not even and by see that. if he stays consistent. No, yeah, not even really by poking holes. He's just just go over your timeline, yeah, and and, and tell me the story as 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 it as it happened. Yeah, he to wants you. to see if he's staying consistent. Uh, if anything changes, well, because well, because even him. Here's the problem: is that he keeps kind of telling the truth to a point where it's like, okay, and then what happened? You know, like, yeah. yeah, where is she? Right. You're still the last one. Like, he doesn't understand. Like, And at the same time, even before that, he had, like, a little interview, a little news interview where he's jumping all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's... You want to hear a part of that? The most important thing, like, I'm not sure... I'm, I'll just wait for you to ask questions, but, like, it's... I want... I want them, wherever they're at, like, I have no inclination to where they're at right now. Like, I've exhausted, like, every friend that I know of, and every friend that I have has called friends that Shanann has that maybe I didn't know about. And it's just, like, there's, it's, like, it's vanished. Like, she's not, like, when I got home yesterday, it was like a ghost town. Like, she wasn't here. Kids weren't here. I have no idea, like, where they went. And... It doesn't. It's just earth-shattering. I don't feel like this is even real right now. It's like a nightmare that I just. What's can't yeah, he's, yeah. What's he, he starts saying? Like he starts talking about if he misses his safe, kids. Like, if if they're if if they're safe, I know they're coming home. But if I don't know where the, the not knowing is is the hardest part. He, like I I was trying to get home as fast as I can. I was blowing through stoplights. I was blowing through everything, just trying to get home as fast as I can because none of this made sense. Like if she wasn't here, like where did she go? Like, once I got here, it was like, all right, who can I call? Who do I know that she could be with right now if she went to a friend's house? And he needs that. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about, dude? And Is this a situation? He shows, if you yeah. watch it, he shows no emotion. Yeah, it's just it's like, like continuing face. to be like, he's trying to tell like an endearing story. He's trying to evoke some sort of empathy from people but yeah he, he just brings so up a vi- yeah he makes himself a victim it's a victim narrative that he's trying right. to sell right and uh maybe he thought like doing a news interview would get him better in the court of public opinion doing better i don't know, why. Better. I don't know um, why he would do that because but then again there's a lot of things he the, did i don't know why he did yeah that. because again he's a dumbass and he if he believes hard enough and can just get away with it. So anyway, the interrogator now interrogation. He's poking, keeps at, poking holes in the story up until for for a good solid hour. He's just letting Chris just uh, go over it. Yeah, yeah, just ramble on and up until he uh, he he drops this big bomb on him. So when I work investigations like this, I have to keep an open mind on everything, okay? And part of keeping an open mind is listening to you talk about your wife and your marriage, and the day she goes missing is the day that you guys have marital discord, okay? So you can understand uh, what I'm thinking about you. Yeah. What do you think about that? Makes me sick to my stomach, honestly. It honestly just makes me sick to my stomach because this is something that I would never do. Ever. I, I know, like, you have to look at every every vantage point. This is something I would never do to my kids or my wife. At all.
I'm not sure like what I could do like to make people believe that just because if they they think you were at marital discord they would all automatically look at me but there's no I would harm anybody in my family at all Pulling from Chris's story, two elements, one and one. And all he asked him is, okay, well, what is one plus one? And he just sat there and just kind of let him answer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, um, not two, not two. Um, it looks de- like two. Definitely not two. It seems like two. It's not two. I know it looks, smells, and seems like two. It just, feels like it, but it's not. <laughs> It's so three. It smells like shit. <laughs> no, but like he just let him. He just sat in silence and let it pull him out. Let yeah. Pull out the truth. And and it's almost like okay, I'm gonna stay here and just let you break the silence. Yeah. What are you gonna say to yeah. break the silence? What if, what if I just sit here and listen to you try to explain it? What's the next word out of your mouth? I can tell that there's just something you're not telling me. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know why that is. I don't know why you're not telling me, but there's something that's making you a little bit uncomfortable tonight. I just don't believe some of the things you're telling me. Okay, I just don't. I simply do not believe you. What makes you think? What have I said that makes you not believe me at all? This just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. And if you were an innocent person then all this would have just been a very bad inconvenience, you know, but it wouldn't have, uh, it, it, it would have been easier to sit with, you know, the silence would have just been awkward and not heavy. Right, <laughs> right. It was very heavy. Yeah. Could cut, cut that with a knife. Yeah. So, yeah, he sums it up and then he just wants them to, uh, to go rest, right? Yeah, he, he pretty much tells them... Uh, uh, you know, we know you're under a lot of pressure. Kind of gets him back on his side he, a little bit. Yeah, he uses the media. I think he's like, uh, you know, they're going to be tearing you. They're going to be looking at you. They're going to be a circus. So yeah. it's like, you know, so we're on your side here. Right. Anything you think of, call us, but don't go home. Yeah, he can't go home. There, he says there's going to be there's going to be officers there. I think still. He agrees to a polygraph. Dummy. He's, well, he buys his own narrative. Yeah, we talked about this with the uh, Richard Crafts episode. Yeah. Um, if you buy it, you, you might be able to pass, but... Not, may but not, not in this not case. In this, no, exactly, not in this case. This is, this the, is a the, situation. The polygraph administrator is... She's, uh, she's so good. It's like laser precision. It's so good. Yeah, the next day he comes in, right? It's just the right up the next day. Oh, it's yeah, the next it, morning. So it's like twelve hours later. Yeah, not, yeah. Uh, he had to wait in that room for like hours. Like they just keep him there, like intermittently. Like, okay, we'll be right back, and then like yeah, forty five like hour and a half later. Yeah, like then the next bit, <sighs> and then that was up until like eleven, eleven thirty at night, the night previous, and then yeah, yeah just twelve hours later, eleven the following morning, he's yeah, in. Probably got like no sleep. No. Well, they ask him. I mean, so the, the polygraph administrator comes in. 
How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Ready to do a polygraph? She does not sound like that, by the way. Um, but she's just, you know, a, very professionally, you know, you don't, you're not pointing fingers. Their job isn't really to point fingers. They're just asking questions. And in this case, those questions are all they it's really kind need. Of like, <laughs> it's kind of like there's an invisible curtain between Chris and herself, and she's pointing the finger at him. Yeah. But yeah. he just can't see it. And obviously, I mean, I hope that, you know, if you did have something to do with their disappearance, um, it would be really stupid for you to come in and take a polygraph today. Exactly. Right? Like, it would be really dumb. Like, mm -hmm. you should not be here right now sitting in this chair if you had anything to do with Shanann mm -hmm. and the little girl's disappearance. Mm -hmm. Okay. Like, you'd be really stupid to take this polygraph test if you were guilty. Yeah, you, would, you wouldn't be lying to me about something like that, of course. Like, just like, you know things like, like that they, she really gives them every opportunity to just say you know what let me just confess yeah, yeah. and they don't even do the test for like three hours that's no it's a whole banter of yeah so we're gonna go over those i get i let you practice answering them like two or three times so and then we'll go through them repeatedly if you need me to go over them four or five times just you know before we actually take the test i'm more than happy to do that too i want you very comfortable with the questions and that you know what they mean and and how you're going to answer them okay um after that we're going to go um we're actually going to do a practice test and again that just lets me know that you're a suitable subject to take the actual polygraph and then after that we actually get into the actual testing that's why it takes a long time is because there is a pretty big process that goes along with it okay yeah there's a lot of small talk yeah and, this is uh, all but it's part of the test it's by design so he takes the polygraph the the polygraph administrator who's also an investigator mm -hmm. we should mention that she um p puts a little seed into chris's mind she asks him one question like did shenan do anything to make you angry did shenan do something to the uh -huh. kids to make you angry and he denies it at first and you know there's they still work on him and then and at this point they've taken They've taken all his technology. I mean, they've searched his house. Yeah. I'm sure they were in his house while he wasn't there. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. suspect. Yeah, they, they, they told him that. So they find that they, they're going through his cell phone. They're going through his work phone. They find out that there's GPS data on his truck because it's a company truck. Uh-huh. It can be traced down to like the last gas drop that's in th in the tank. It's it's a really highly advanced GPS system. Yeah, he works for like a petroleum uh, petroleum company or something. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're going to know his movements. They have a ton of information that he doesn't yeah. know they they have yet. This is this is a lot of pressure. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. His, his his hands haven't left his elbows since he he yeah, greeted the cop. Yeah, he's been in that defensive position yeah. since since he got home yeah. from that work. And everybody knows work that day. that's yeah. like that's just textbook shit. You know, you, you, he's 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 not looking people in the eye. He's just uh, yeah, he's looking down at his phone half the time, and yeah. he's got his arms up, and yeah, yeah, totally defensive pose. Yeah. So how would he do on that polygraph? Uh, he failed with flying colors. <laughs> And they let him know it. Yeah. So um, it was completely clear that you were not honest during the testing, and I think you already know that. Um, you did not pass the polygraph test. Okay. Okay. 
So now we need to talk about what actually happened. And I feel like you're probably ready to do that. Uh, I didn't. I didn't lie to you on that polygraph. I promise. Chris, I'm. 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 I'm Stop. It's time. I'm. Just I'm, stop for a minute. Take a deep breath. I I want you to take a deep breath right now. That's, yeah. that's great. And, and right in your face. So uh, you were bullshitting, and we need to talk about what really happened, motherfucker. And then right, right down to the guy who's just like, Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Just, 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 just shut the fuck up. You're coming off as stupid. You're, you're being stupid right now. <laughs> he finally confesses. He makes a big, this is the big confession. <gasps> But you weren't here today lying about something else. So we need to talk about that, okay? I cheated on her. I know. I cheated on her. Um, and they look at him and they say, yeah, we know that, dude. Yeah, yeah, duh. <laughs> Guess what? Her name's Nicole. Oh, shit. They, they knew that down to the name? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. They I think they interviewed her, too. Yeah. Okay. Um, we knew. We knew all about So this is Nicole Kessinger, not Nicole Atkinson. Nicole Atkinson was Shanann's business partner. Yeah, that's and who we heard in the friend. intro. She exactly. got, got the ball rolling here. Exactly. And uh, Nicole. Nicole Kessinger is Chris Watts' mistress and... Homewrecker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know her. Well, she did look up... Uh, how much people enjoy or how much people hate Amber Fry and Amber Fry was Scott Peterson's mistress. Oh my God. <laughs> That's how. Oh, by the way. Yeah. If you don't know, <laughs> Scott Peterson killed his wife, his pregnant wife. A lot of similarities. The shit people Google search, man. <laughs> yeah. Do people really like Amber Fry? She's like basically. No, bitch. She's, she's like, a mistress. She's like pleading to the gods is like, do I still have value for after what I've done? Please. I know I'm like kind of a piece of shit. Please. Like, you know, do people like kind of pieces of shit? Chris Brown is still making music, so. Yeah. After uh, he finished the polygraph, she asks him, um, so how do you feel? And Chris goes, I think I'm sick to my stomach. Oh. And after the results, she goes, yeah, well, there's a reason you feel sick to your stomach because mm. you're holding in some bullshit and it's making you ill. <laughs> Tell us what happened. No, they didn't leave the house. Did Shanann do something to them? And then did you feel like you had to do something to Shanann? They were at the house when I left. Did she do something? She did anything to these kids. We both love them with all our hearts. There's no way. It could have been an accident. Something happened in the house that you know about. 
And he's still, he's, he's still resisting. No, yeah, I like the way you phrase it, though. It kind of planted a seed in, in his mind. Yeah. Because then he kind of does hook onto that narrative, doesn't he? He, he hooks onto that narrative, he's, he's but he keeps it, like, in his back pocket for a minute until yeah. his dad comes in. We flew in your dad. He came in here to, to get your back. Do you want to talk to him? So they bring in special Chris's... Guest, yeah, special guest star. Chris, yeah. Chris's dad. Ronnie Watts. What is uh what does Ronnie do for him? Does uh kind of weaves a little story real quick about how he heard on the baby monitor that uh Shanann was choking out one of the girls. Jesus Christ. Or suffocating one of the girls, but by the time he got to them, they were blue and cold. So that was his motive for in in, in a fit of rage, he suffocated Shanann. Which is bullshit. We find out as complete total. Yeah, the forensic bullshit. evidence shows it's complete and total bullshit. Totally, completely in line with the shit ass ugly face killer to lie like some about something like that. The shit face ugly killer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dude, fuck this guy to a, a, a personal hell for a, forever. Because like that. To do that, to stupidly fucking go through this 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 circus, and then to try to drag her name through the mud, yeah, Whoa, that pissed me off. Okay, so he's he's telling this to his dad, right? Not the investigators. Well, uh, yeah, initially, yeah, he tells Ronnie his dad. Yeah, his dad says something about getting a lawyer or legal help. Yeah. And that's when... Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'll try to see what I can pull, but there's not a lot we can do with uh, when he's talking with it's his dad. It's a lot of low whisper. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they don't want too much for the tapes. But the investigators come back in and, you know, they they start to empathize with... put Play off like they're empathizing with Chris. Yeah. And again, and if, they, if, if there was an ounce of truth, then it... it can be interpreted as genuine empathy. Yeah. Um, but that's the way the process works. There's the fact right. that he's not guilty. So he, this is still just a song and dance to him. Uh, she comes right in and starts rubbing his back. Yeah. Uh, she gets, she's right in his face too. Like, like, yeah. you know, how Pretty you doing? ballsy. Yeah. Right in the face of a killer. Yeah. They tell him, you know, do you want to repeat what you told your dad? Yeah. And go he does. That again. So they they go with that story that yeah. he killed Shanann and took their bodies, and they uh, they want to know where the bodies are. They, yeah, they can. Even though I think they know that's still bullshit, but that's still enough to work with because now they can. Now he's talking about the process of disposing the bodies, exactly. And, and now he is telling the truth, right? Um, it was in, in in again in a. In, in a slanted in a, form. In a procedural sense. He's he's telling the truth about what he did, not so much why it happened for real. Yeah. But, like, he is t talking about what he did. Yeah. So he tells the officers that... I keep calling them officers. They're not officers. They're FBI investigators. Yeah, I think I've referred to them as everything so far. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bouncing around. All due respect to the FBI. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, this shit is it's, it was really cool to watch all this in real time. It really was. And they did a great job with this interrogation. But Chris starts to describe what he did with uh, the two girls. Um, he separated them 
and put them each in their own individual oil tank, as he, grim as that may he, sound. He took them to work with him. He that, took them to his work site. Which is what we saw from the from Nate's, uh, the neighbor Nate. Surveillance, exactly. his, his surveillance footage was, that was the only thing we saw was him loading up his truck. He backed his truck in and he went to work. And right. So that, but... And we heard in that footage that he, you know, I, I loaded up my water jugs and this and that and went to work. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm not trying to harp back too much, but even the neighbor did say he never really loads up stuff. Right. Or anything He never like backs that. that far up into the garage yeah. or something along those lines. So, so he brought them to work and he loaded, loaded them into, into these tanks. And he buried Shanann in a shallow grave. And he did all of this... Just mere, it sounds insane to say, but he did it minutes before other employees showed up to this work site. Yeah. He did it somewhere between 6 and 6.30. And then what did he do? Did he just go about his normal work day for a little bit? From what we can tell. So, oh my God. So he showed up to work a little early because he's a diligent worker. And then he gets a call from the cop saying, you have any idea where your wife is? Yeah. A few hours later. But it, in the meantime, it, it begins. he's in the meantime, it's like, yo, what's up, Bill? Did you yeah. catch the catch the Rockies game? Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the fuck. My God. No, I was burying my kids and wife. About 30 feet from where you're standing. Yeah. And it, it was a um, these tanks. I'm going to describe them as best as I can. They were tall enough to where Chris had to climb some sort of step or ladder. Uh They're filled with a crude oil and water mixture, which makes for a very thick soup-like substance. This is horrific. And uh, the latch at the top, or the hatch at the top of the, the tank was only measured to be about eight inches in diameter so he really? uh, okay no I'm, I'm listening i'm just yeah you raised her i didn't mean to interrupt i'm just intrigued yeah no, eight inches in diameter you might think is a is a good sized dinner plate yeah not that so big. he no not that big at all and you have a three and a four year old it, it was probably had to be done with some effort yeah he had to, he had to use some force to get matter of fact i think it was bella was found to have um, bruising and scrapes, yeah. and uh, you'll you, you you can hear the prosecuting attorney that um, Bella actually fought back and fought for her life. Yeah, she was four years old, and she had to fight her father. The fr- the, the forensic evidence does does not line up with this story at all. Doesn't line up with his story at all. So Chris, um, uh, they they charge him with uh, five counts of. Well, how'd you do that? Control Shift T. Open up your previously closed tab. Let's go over that again real quick. So he was charged. With- he was charged with five counts of first degree murder, including one count per child cited as death of a child who had not attained 12 years of age. Those are those are his both all three. The, yeah. All three. OK. All three of the kids. OK. And, and the defendant was in a position of trust. Yeah, meaning his, they trusted uh, him as a parent. Exactly. 
he was also charged with termination of a pregnancy. Unlawful termination. Unlawful termination of a pregnancy. And three counts of tampering with a deceased human body. And this is an interesting little tidbit uh, I just pulled up from ABC News contributor and former FBI agent Brad Garrett. He says people responsible for killing their families tend to be white males in their 30s. Most of these crimes occur in August before school starts, which may delay detection and investigation. Didn't work out that way in this case. No, that's that's. But it was in August and he's a white male in his 30s. And this was also a rare case because FBI profilers say that family annihilators usually commit suicide after they kill their family. So, and this was a guy who Chris was planning to, if given the chance, he would have just lived his life with uh, Nicole Kessinger. Yeah. On November sixth of two thousand eighteen, Chris Watts pleads guilty to the murders of his wife and three children. The death penalty was not put forward by the district attorney on the request of Shanann's family. Who that didn't was kind of them. No, they they wanted They didn't him. wish for any further deaths, put plainly and simply. Yeah, like that's that. what I said. That's that's kind of, that's noble of them. And, Very and to be and it's quite possible in their opinion that five uh five life sentences without par- parole is justice enough. So which in my opinion that, that's pretty good. They that's s- a good start. On December 3rd, Watts was moved to an out-of-state location due to, due to security concerns. I say let the bastards rip them apart. On December 5th, 2018, Chris Watts arrived at the Dodge Correctional Institution in Waupun, Wisconsin, to serve the remainder of his life sentence. So that is the uh, story of family annihilator Chris Watts. Yes, the shit-ass ugly face killer. Yeah. Behind bars at at long last. Not long at all. It was a quick case, open and shut. Yeah, it it took place over, what, three days, four days? And and it's all right there for the world to see. For the world to see. Yeah. And uh, you can... You can follow along the timeline like we did. We used um, Crime Vault for a lot of our audio clips. So shout out to Crime Vault on mm-hmm. YouTube. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. No, but uh, yeah. Okay, I'm, well, thank you for listening. You can start. Let's start out the, uh, everything. Twitter, all that nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> do it. I was going to do that, and then you told me to do it. No, yeah. I don't want to do it. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening. It was. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, shout out to us on Twitter at a dark tale pod. If you have any recommendations, suggestions for us, email us at darktailpodcast at gmail.com. Please do. Maybe give us a five-star review on iTunes. That'd be nice. That helps us out. I want to hear about the one-star reviews. What's what? Yeah, give us what's give it, us anything. What's it going to take to please you people? Really? <laughs> no. Tell us why we suck. No, I I, I I want to hear it all. Yeah, bring bring it all our way because we need the feedback. And in the meantime, thanks for listening. Let's uh, let's send off with a little bit of justice. You disgust me. They were loving and caring people. You may have taken their bodies from me, but you will never take the love they had for me. Let me say that again. 
the man seated to my right smothered his daughters. Your Honor, I understand very clearly, Bella fought back for her life. I um, could objectively say that this is perhaps the most uh, inhumane and vicious crime that I have handled out of the thousands of cases that I have seen. And nothing less than a maximum sentence would be appropriate. The court is going to sentence you, sir, to uh, a life sentence in the Colorado Department of Corrections. No possibility of parole.